0: Now, let's talk sports with Kanoa Leahy on ESPN Honolulu.
1: Happy New Year to everyone out there in the 808. This is Hunter Hughes filling in for Kanoa Leahy. He's got the day off. He is still enjoying his new year. The rest of us got to work. The rest of us are out and about doing our thing here on January 2nd, 2024. I haven't written that down yet. The new year is never official until you actually write the date down on paper using a pen or a pencil. I don't know if you guys are like that, but uh, I haven't quite gotten used to it because I haven't written it down yet. Um, But nevertheless, we are in a new year. We find ourselves in a brand new start, and I would love to know, how's everyone doing with their resolutions? This is officially day one. Uh, yesterday, it doesn't really count, because if, if you wake up before 11 or 12, I, I'd say you're doing just fine on uh, on New Year's Day. You're doing uh, better than the rest of us. Um, I, I'd like to think I'm doing well on these resolutions, you know, the the standard getting in shape. Uh Uh, Being more on it with my schedule, trying to work out a little bit more here and there. I was doing okay until I found myself into a platter of buffalo chicken dip yesterday. And and let me just say, I about took that whole thing down by myself yesterday, uh, watching some college football. And, you know, I, I realized this also yesterday, January 1st might be one of the best single sports days of the entire sports calendar. You get nonstop college football from literally the, the minute that we wake up until you uh, stumble to your bed at you know five six p.m. because that's you know what happens on New Year's Day, and we also get to find out what goes down with the college football playoff. And if you ask me, we 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 saw a New Year's resolution come to full pass yesterday, and and I mean that of something that needed to be corrected from last season. And I'm speaking of course about the college football playoff committee, putting the best four teams in the CFP. And I would love to hear from you all, uh, at the uh, ESPN Honolulu number 808-296-1420 is the number, uh, or you can text us at the, uh, the Zephyr insurance text line. Would love to hear from you all. But, uh, Let's put Georgia on the side for, for a second, okay? University of Georgia, let's just remove them from this conversation just for a second. Play with me for, for a minute. Those were the best four teams, those two games, the Rose Bowl and the Sugar Bowl. Bama playing Michigan and Washington playing Texas. The best four teams found themselves into the college football playoff, and we, we cannot say that. For what transpired the last three, four, potentially even five years, we we haven't seen a pair of college football playoff games like what we saw yesterday. Those were fantastic, absolutely fantastic. The cream has risen to the uh, to the top, and I, I I have no complaints. Both games literally came down to the last possession. Well, one of them, the, the the Michigan-Bama game, literally went into overtime. And had it not been a botched snap by uh, by Milrow, we might have even gone into double overtime. Then you jump over to the Sugar Bowl, and that comes down to one Ewer's throw into the end zone, which was the right read, by the way. Uh, you you want to let your player, one of your playmakers, have an opportunity to come down with that football. Um, so he probably... Would have uh, liked to keep that ball in bounds, give him more of a shot, but still, for for the if you were going to tell me at the beginning of the college football season that two of the CFP semifinal games, both of them, would come down to one play to decide them, I mean that in its essence, in its absolute essence, is what the CFP was trying to do, what the committee was trying to accomplish, and yeah, it's a bummer for Florida State they They won all of their games, literally didn't have a blemish on their entire schedule. didn't make it in. Georgia, they're another one didn't didn't have a blemish on their entire uh th- their last two seasons went what what was that 26 and 0 uh, and until they ran into Alabama and and lost by 3 points uh, I, to me that that's the bigger bummer that the two-time reigning national champions were kept out of the CFP by 3 points they would have played just fine against any of those four yesterday and really that 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 is the the point that i'm trying to make is that i'm thankful that this is the final year of the four team playoff because college football has to progress. It has to move forward. Thank you, Liz. We have to look forward to what the new college football playoff is going to look like. I mean, we had some phenomenal performances from some of the other teams in college football yesterday. I mean, Tennessee, oh my goodness, handled Iowa, handled them. I, I would have loved to to see them against one of these teams. I would have loved to see uh, obviously Georgia uh, who, Oh my goodness. Uh, that that wasn't even a game against Florida state. And that th- that's, that's another talk for another time about players sitting out the significance of some of these bowl games, even though they are a new year's six bowl game, but it just, it doesn't have that weight any longer. If, I call it if, a, um, if a national championship isn't on the line, if glory isn't necessarily on the line, you, you can't really blame these players for not playing. But all that aside, the four teams, in my opinion, that needed to be in here were put in here. I would love to hear from you guys. 808-296-1420 were the four teams that played yesterday, the four deserving teams in the college football playoff. To me, they were, but I would love to hear from you guys. Kind of along that those lines, we're, we're going to get in, into a few things today on this show. We've got Mark Veneri joining us at the bottom of the hour. We're going to talk some uh, Hawaii peewee football because there's uh, there's been some cool developments happening in the state of Hawaii with uh, w- what's happening with uh, the, the younger game and uh for for those wondering, hey, you know, Hunter, we're 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 dwindling down to the the end of of football. Let, let's move on to some other things. Hey, we we will get to some other things later in the show, but for the these last two, three, four weeks, if you want to count Super Bowl time as well, let, let let's soak up as much of what's left, what's remaining in the college football calendar, because in just a few months' time, we're not going to have anything to talk about college football. Or NFL and we're going to be sad waiting for uh, the following fall and so I think we should try to enjoy this as much as possible. I'm going to jump into each of these bowl games uh, just for a second because that was about all you could ask for from from a couple of matchups. Uh, and we see you guys on the phone right there on uh, 808-296-1420. But uh th- th- that to me was just about as good of a couple matchups as you wanted. You-, you you got to see the classicness of the Rose Bowl and you got to see um a high high flying shootout between Texas and Washington as well. And to me I <laughs> I was in my happy place all day yesterday, talking and, and watching college football. Um, we saw Penix do his thing. Man, he's a dog. My guy can spin the rock, and th- th- there's also just something special about a lefty throwing the football. It just it looks better. It looks cleaner. It I I'd almost say that it looks better. Um, I don't know there's something about a lefty throwing the football. Hey, we uh we got our guy Paul calling in for a happy new year talking CFB. Um Paul, how you doing? Uh happy new year. How are you doing? Happy happy new year. Omerito
2: gozaimasu and all that. Yes. How you doing, uh, Hunter? I'm doing, doing great. How are you?
1: Here?
2: Good, good. I hope you had a good time, a good safe time. Doing a good job here. Um uh yeah, I'm glad. I'm glad you say that cuz yeah, yeah. For the four teams who went in, we found out this weekend. They 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 showed up, yeah? They showed up. Mm-hmm. Um, I was watching, I have time off, so I was watching Paul Feinbaum. I thought it would be all, you know, boohoo SEC. It's kind of a mix, but, but there is that element, you know? You you look at Paul Feinbaum, he wants to say something else, but I don't know. But you know what? Uh, uh, I'm just going to say this. So get your thoughts on this, uh, Hunter. I don't know. FSU, I, man, you, you know... You know how it is, right? Mm. Still got to play the game. I know they were sad, and you know I know so many guys went, but come on. The guys left should have scored more than three points. I don't know if it's going to factor
1: in going down the road. You're you talking know, because, Ohio State?
2: Um, Florida State?
1: Florida State, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, them and Ohio Just State careful. only scored three points. Uh,
2: yeah, everybody, you know, you, you watch the post-games after that, they had all the scenes. It's like you got to play the game, but um, mm. the, the Michigan. I I don't think, I think they're going to take it.
1: Yeah, you I know, think
2: Michigan's taking, because yeah. And then uh, you know you have his brother with the Ravens. Man, this is going to be.
1: Oh, Harbaugh. You're no, you're, yeah. you're exactly and right. In history classes. To me, you know, Michigan seems like top to bottom the strongest and fullest team. Now. Uh, uh, Pennix had all the time in the world yesterday against Texas. Yeah. They, they didn't yeah. really rush him, so it will be interesting against that dominant Michigan defense, but Pennix can throw the football and very, very precisely, so I'm excited for that matchup. Yeah.
2: He's good. He's great. You know, there's a lot of weapons on Washington, but Michigan's in that, you know, they, they're they're Darth Vader mode, man. They're, they're like, like, okay, we're pro- we proved it so far. We ain't losing now. We they're gonna take it, man. They're gonna it's gonna be convincing. But uh, good, good job,
1: Hunter. Hey.
2: <laughs> You're gonna hang up now. You're doing good job. Thank Thanks, you. Paul.
1: Thanks, we really appreciate uh, it. Happy New Year. Happy New Year. Thank you, Hello. brother. Bless you, man. Um, could not agree with uh, that call at, at all, Paul. Uh, th- that's uh, w- one of the few times w- we could say that. That was uh, a very agreeable call from our great friend Paul, who's uh, a, a good friend of the show. Uh, at least our afternoon show off the bench. Today I'm filling in for Kanoa Leahy again. So if you're wondering, hey, who's this guy on my radio? This is normally when we hear from uh, Kanoa Leahy. Uh, the powers that be threw me the ball today, and uh, I would ask for your forgiveness as I try not to crash this car uh, as we uh, begin the new year. Uh, but, you know, Paul, I'd, I'd agree with you. It It seems to me that this is Michigan's hour that regardless of what happened this season with a self-imposed suspension of Harbaugh, the sign-stealing scandal, um, the beating of Ohio State for a, a third straight year, that this seems to be Michigan's Year, but hey, Washington's looking good. And uh, j- to talk on Washington, we got another caller calling in right now. I believe that's uh, Don calling in. What's up, Don? Happy New Year. Hey, Happy New happy Year, brother, new year, guys.
0: Thank you. I just wanted to know what's your prediction about Dylan Johnson for Washington Huskies? Is he going to be ready, or he's out of it for the the title game?
1: Mm. You know, I, I I'm not sure about that. I'm gonna have to uh, check the 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 injury report if that's what you're you're referring to. Um, right. But you know, uh, across the board, it looked like Penix had answers from left to right, and also that that offensive line did a phenomenal job keeping him protected. You 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 give a quarterback that much time and and patience back there. That that's the other thing. He's super poised. I, I don't know why he's not higher on 2024 draft boards because Penix is a player. Um, I, my, my, my one worry is that they did not see a defensive pass rush quite like what Michigan did against Alabama. They, they sacked Milrose six times, six times, and that that controlled the game. So I think that will probably be the determining factor, and I think Michigan's probably going to take it. How about you, Don?
2: Yeah, I, I think yeah, what you said is right. I I, I think that's the the key thing is the quarterback, but yeah, the running game is also important too. But mm-hmm. uh, I think it's I think you should got the hype.
1: <laughs> oh, I'm I'm with you. I, I I Josh and I got into this on off the bench a couple of weeks ago that I feel like more consideration needs to be given to players that are on the teams of significance, the teams that are playing in bigger games. Um, I also feel that way about making the next step to the NFL. I mean, if Penix is making those throws in that moment in, you know, games like this, he's going to be ready to jump to the next level. And uh, Don, thank you so much for your call. Happy new year, my man. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you so much. Um, we are going to take a quick timeout, but before we do that, watch NFL football at 8:50 craft beer and whiskey bar at Leeward bowl. With the NFL package, you can see all the games. Check out the video the video wall and enjoy 850's Broke the Mount special. Man, I hope I I said that right Uh, and I didn't make you guys turn off this radio, but uh, 850 Craft Beer and Whiskey Bar, the Pearl City Shopping Center. We'll see you right after this break on ESPN Honolulu, 1420 AM, 92.7 FM. Let's talk sports. It's not Kanoa Leahy. This is Hunter Hughes coming at you. Kanoa's got the vibes going on this show with the uh, the smooth grooving, the beats. I might, might need to have a little conversation with my afternoon co-host uh, to update our soundtrack because uh, th- this, this just gets us in the mood a little bit differently. Uh, speaking of getting into the mood, who watched that Rose Bowl game yesterday? I mean... There are sporting events, and then there are the special ones. I, I, it, it made me think, what are the, the best sporting events throughout the year? Now, obviously, I'm not just saying the big ones, but there are some that are just set apart. Obviously, if you know me, you know I'm, a, I'm a, an avid golf fan, and so the, the Masters is number one for me. That, that, that is up there. Um, But watching the, the the pageantry of of the Rose Bowl, it got me thinking of, of some other ones like the the Kentucky Derby. the the build up to that one is is always special. I I you have to throw in the Super Bowl. I mean, for just the the showmanship, the 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 built in concert that you get with it, the tradition. I I, I would throw the Olympics in there too. Um, they they're a cut above, they're, they're a cut above the NBA finals, the world series. I, I Stanley cup is pretty stinking special too. If you're a lover of hockey, but man, the Rose bowl is one of those iconic, significant sporting events. If you didn't get a chance, I, 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 I would highly encourage you to to check out some of those those clips from before the game, the the, the 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 pageantry, the 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 ramp up with the parade. Obviously, the the roses. Um, people traveling from literally all over the country, Michigan and Alabama, are nowhere near Pasadena, California, where the Rose Bowl is played, and yet that thing was jam packed, jam packed, sellout. Um there's also this 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 picture that that was taken pre-game during the national anthem when they had a a b2 stealth bomber flying over the field and I think the picture was taken from the blimp above the b2 bomber so the b2 bomber flew between the stadium and the blimp and it's one of those pictures where you're like man I love college football you can't simulate that experience quite like what the Rose Bowl does i mean uh, each team had certain certain details on their on their uniforms even that are are special to the Rose Bowl that there's something to that that little icon that little logo of of the red rose right next to that that Mays m from Michigan or 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 the the Crimson A from Alabama. I mean, it just all works. It it works because of the the history of that game. It works because of um, all of the, the the great games that that we've watched in that iconic venue. It's just special. And, and you know, speaking of which, speaking of the the uniforms, Michigan did something different yesterday that I am such a fan of. I don't know if you, you caught this, but they had their May's Michigan M emblemed on each of their shoulder pads. It looked like something straight out of the '80s. And man, I love that. If, um, if Coach Al, if Coach Al is listening over at University of Hawaii, if there's one resolution that I would love to recommend to our uniform equipment department, if I can be so bold. They, they do a great job over there, by the way. I love those guys. Uh, no, no matter what business or uh, field you find yourself in, be, be kind to the equipment people. They, they literally make our world go around. Um, but if there's one thing that I would recommend, could we put our H on our shoulder pads? Two H's on both sides. Man, that would be cool. Yeah, we did it back in the day. Um even if we wanted to do it just for our, our retro unis with, with the, the UH and the rainbow, uh, if we threw a pair of those on the shoulder pads, not, not just for bowl games, but if we did that for homecoming, if we did it for when we uh, play our home opener against Oregon, which is still on the schedule, by the way, um, no, no word yet if that is being changed, but something, you know, it, we wouldn't need to redo the entire uniform, but we just throw that on there as a patch on both of the shoulders. I, little details like that make all the difference in the world, and it certainly did yesterday for the Rose Bowl. Uh, we're going to be talking to Mark Veneri in just a little bit. Here at the bottom of the hour, some uh, Hawaii youth football news. Uh, but before that, uh, upgrade your island style with Kahala, the original Aloha shirt since 1936. Pick one up for yourself at one of Kahala's six stores island-wide or at kahala.com. We'll talk to you guys right after this break here on ESPN Honolulu. Let's talk sports with Kanoa Leahy. This is Hunter Hughes filling in for my guy as he is uh, off today. And I appreciate you guys' grace and patience as uh, we try to keep this ship afloat heading into the new year. We're going to be talking with Mark Veneri as uh, we try to get a hold of him right now here on ESPN Honolulu. But uh, a couple of things I wanted to get into. We've been talking college football all day today. And yesterday was just special. And one of the, the, the more special things that, that, that I saw yesterday was Michael Penix Jr. I mean, that guy can sling the rock, can absolutely sling the rock. And uh, we're going to be talking a little bit more about that in just a little bit. But before that, we've got some, uh, some interesting conversation on prep youth football with my guy, Mark Veneri, who's joining us today. Uh, via the Zephyr uh, Insurance text line. What's up, Mark? How you doing, man? What's up, Hunter? How you doing, brother? I'm good, new man. Year. Happy New Year!
0: It's our adopted uh, brotherhood broadcast, brother.
1: I'm uh, i I'm an adopted Veneri. I I am by far the whitest of all the of the Venery boys. So I appreciate <laughs> that very much. <laughs>
0: yes, sir.
1: Yes, sir. Do-, do you guys have a good New Year, my man? Oh, great New
0: Year! You know, just you know, blessings upon blessings and. Uh, ready for 2024, and hey, every year is a good year. You, you look at it as a positive light and situation, so um, things are good.
1: Love it. Uh, you know, well, one thing that people may not know is that uh, you're one of the starters, uh, definitely one of the coaches and biggest supporters of this uh, this Team Oahu Wahoo. That is being developed right now in uh, kind of the youth football ranks, and I I just think it's so special and so important uh, that more things like this um, are talked about, are developed, are are exposed. And was wondering if you could kind of share just what you guys have been up to, because you guys have not just been playing out here in Hawaii, but also on the mainland, playing in some pretty big games nationally. And uh, wondered if you could kind of tell us what you guys have been up to.
0: Yeah. The- uh, maybe about a little over a year ago we had this vision uh, for quite some time in the youth football world that, you know, it's key it, it, to, to give kids opportunities. And everyone says, you know, you know, opportunities, you got to go out. And some people say, oh, opportunities, well, you got to go and get them. And, you know, opportunities will come to you. Like, and there's all different types of viewpoints on it, right? Hmm. You know, for me, it's like, you got to go out there and find opportunities to give these young athletes, like uh, Hawaii athletes in particular, youth athletes, to give them the chance to play um, on a national stage. And we don't really have those type of opportunities on a constant basis, being that we're in the middle of the ocean, in the middle of Hawaii. So you know, my wife and I created it um, you know, last year with the goal in mind to take the first American youth football um, conference team from Hawaii until Florida in December, which we did. Um, unfortunately, you know, we went 0-3, but I think more important, you know, with the losses, you learn, right? I think there's no losing, there's learning. Totally. And these kids learned that, one, they can compete with the best in the country, and two, um, a lot of people from, you know, playing some of the best who went to a triple overtime game against the number one Philadelphia team in the country, Hmm. um we pl- We played against uh this team called City Life, which is the number one Maryland team, and then we also played um against the number one Michigan team as well so um it's it's been it's been such a, a humbling blessing for these kids to have these type of opportunities and for us to go out there and we competed um you know not really blown out at any point in time. Um, we went out there and showcased and you know the, the reaping of the rewards was is you know now their teams that are like man we wanna come back, we wanna come to Hawaii, we wanna mm. play you, we wanna invite you back and um, we want you know want you to you know showcase your talents on you know on a national stage as
1: well. No that's that's awesome man and you know you, you mentioned opportunity and that that's oftentimes the the biggest recruiting factor for why we lose talent to mainland schools. It's not always that it's bigger schools. It's, it's that these players and these kids are looking for opportunity to experience more of life outside of what Hawaii has to offer. Could, could you see down the road this potentially being an opportunity for them to expand their horizons, but then ultimately kind of reversely keep them here because they've gotten that chance to travel, and hey, we want to we keep this in the name. You know, I
0: have a lot of – it's funny you mentioned that because I have a lot of good conversations with uh, Sterling Carvalho, co- mm. head coach. He's a really good mentor of mine. Um, Tupu alualu another coach at, at St. Louis. You know, they're really encouraging. Samson Ongoai, uh, on, uh, another one that's been mm-hmm. – Brian Derby, just super encouraging um, to, you know, to keep – you know, the, the idea of these youth football players exposing themselves to challenge just beyond, you know, the rock. And, you know, that's, that's the thing that I think we get lost in translation is that, you know, these quote-unquote opportunities, you know, you see kids flock to those opportunities. For example, you know, Kahuku, Sterling Carvalho, yeah. you know, it's not, you know, people use say, say this a lot that, oh, you know, maybe Kahuku's recruiting, our teams are recruiting out there. But if you told me and, you know, told my 13-year-old, soon-to-be 13-year-old son, you'll have an opportunity to play against You know, St. John Bosco, modern day, and um, this year they'll be playing Bishop Gorman. Why wouldn't you want the opportunity to play? And, you know, that's, you know, I hope like maybe the OIA and the ILA should come to some type of agreement, or if there's a way in which, you know, maybe you, like, you have a whole portal. I don't know. It sounds crazy. People will probably think of it as crazy, but it's also opportunity. Like, do you want to, tell a kid in a family, oh, you can't go there because of a, of a district exemption or you can't go there and you can't have that opportunity because that's where, not where you live. Like, I feel like if it's an opportunity for a kid to expose his talents at the next level or play against top-level competition, why not? You know, it's... And I think that's what really, you know, heading to the mainland and playing these mainland teams has broadened my horizons in the sense that, you know, there's so much more out there. Yeah. And two... You know, you start you start believing that if you can co- get collectively uh, a talent, uh, the talent to stay home, in which Timmy Chang was trying to do, if you collectively get some of the top recruits to stay home in Hawaii, in which he's done a fairly good job in the last two recruiting classes, mm-hmm. you know, that's kind of like uh, the foundation for how June Jones used to kind of go out there and recruit. I mean, you look at the Leonard Peters, the Nate Jacksons, Jacob Espiales, Eddie Kleneskis, um, You look at, you know, Jason Rivers, Timmy Chang. Like, the list goes on. Sam Sincitelli. Yeah. Like, you look at those guys that stayed home because of the pride of Hawaii. Seven And, you know, Shevin Cordero, is another one, exactly. Uh, Jonah Pinocchio, like the yep. guys here. You, you get them to stay home and start believing in a, uh, something greater. You know, that you know, become something of a mission for these kids as they, you know, deal with the new college
1: landscape. No, absolutely. And, you know, it, for, for those wondering, well, what does this, you know, ha- have anything to do with right now? Well, th- this this coming weekend for the national championship, there are two players on both teams, uh, uh Tele and Roman Wilson, who have Hawaii ties. Both of them are St. Louis guys. And the the thinking is if you can you know, kind of reverse engineer it enough, you go back to building strong relationships because that, that's what it is. You're building great relationships with these kids and hoping that they would want to keep their God given abilities here in the islands to play and rep the age down the road and, you know, in the next couple of years with the expansion of the CFP to 12 teams, you, uh, Mark, you, you're my favorite guy to talk about this with, the, the potential of a great Hawaii team, you know, a, a one-loss Hawaii team winning the Mountain West, and it's one of uh, a few great group of five schools. We really could, not from a hypothetical stance, but really realistically could find ourselves potentially in the CFP.
0: And, and this is why it's so critical uh, at this juncture for the program to start looking at the Aloha stadium venue, you know, to, mm. uh, to really get that going, you know, really start, um, uh, I, I guess getting that as a, a priority, um, you know, to, you know, we want to keep Hawaii football. Hawaii football is, you know, in technically like really our, our football, like our NFL team here in Hawaii, you know, yeah. a lot of us follow, you know, Hawaii football and, you know, there's no knock on the 15000 CTC chain stadium that we visit during the season. But, I, I mean, there's got to be some ways in which it's a really kind of, you know, start seeing where we can really flourish this program, get this program to where it needs to be. And I really believe, you know, that starts, you know, um, at a young level, getting the kids acclimated to the University of Hawaii, which, you know, Timmy Chang, Nate Ilao, and Savannah have done such a great job in incorporating some of the young talent here and then you take that a step further, you know, to, you know, getting them, um, you know, the proper proper notoriety and getting those offers out there, those young offers out there and, and just kind of building that relationship and and continue to build that relationship. And, you know, you go and you talk about it, Hunter, look, a 22nd ranked Liberty played yep. Oregon at, at 13 and 0 and you know, to me, obviously, you know, they didn't have their best game. I watched the game. It was, by the way, Pancho and Fo'ope, a both started in that game, two brothers, hmm. uh, for the University of Oregon, which was great to see. Um, Tui uh, me, his father, um, I believe, is um, the program director for uh, Ruthless Football, which is another top program um, in the 808. And then you got, you know, Roman Wilson. who played on Kauai uh, yep. for a while before. You know, going to uh, St. Louis. So it, there's just all these avenues in which you can keep, you know, everyone home. You know, keep keep kids, you know, exposed to high level talent. When and, and to me, a hundred doesn't start it doesn't start later. It starts,
1: now, it, starts it starts now. This, and you, 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 you said know? your your son, if he's almost thirteen, I mean, he's less than five years away from making a college decision. Um, and so, you know, for People thinking you know that th- these are pipe dreams. No, th- these are important conversations that need to be had if we want Hawaii to remain competitive. Because the, the truth of the matter is this: we're not going to be able to keep everybody. Everybody's story's different, um, but for some that we have a real shot at. I mean, h- how many power five? Uh, excuse me, five star talented kids with uh, Polynesian uh, roots kept that H in their top five. That, that's, well, you—you—that's the power.
0: Yeah, that—that that is. And well, look at this. Like in Hawaii's recruiting class, uh in terms of the local boys staying home, Tui Moutin, one of the top offensive linemen from for um, school. Mm. Uh, you look at Naziah um, Provial. They call him Big Red. and Had decommitted um, from the University of Arizona, along with Tristan Mao Galindo from Kamehameha. You got both of these guys who are top-notch edge rushers in their class. And they also can play a little bit of that outside backer role. they would be committed to come and stay at home for the University of Hawaii. I think you see the program and its uptick and trending in the right direction. There you go. And and that's why I I think look and listen. I know this is probably off topic, but on topic. There's so many decisions in the NIL, and I want to give a shout out to Brandon Shanger for following his heart. Yep. You know, I've seen the comments, and I've seen, I, I've seen this. You know, you put yourself in a position where. And, I, and mind you, I'm the color commentator from the University of Wayne Broadcast. <laughs> you know, it's a tough, it's a tough decision. Yep. You know, you have life-changing money out there. and To guess, be made now.
1: To be made to now react. instead of waiting for what could or could not happen at the NFL.
0: And, you know, you look at the percentages in the NFL, it's less than, what, 1% yep. that make it? So <clears throat> for Brayden to, you know, obviously to explore... Um, why should we, you know, look at that as a bad thing? You know, this this is, like, I I had the conversation with many about this, and I said, are you going to knock a kid that's trying to, you know, better himself and his future for his family? That's right. And, And, you know, at the end of the day, he turned down these offers to come back and follow his heart to stay at the University of Hawaii. So what does that tell you about the young man? He explored his options, understood it. Like in anything, like you know, whether it be a job or yep. you know different opportunities for life, opportunities, right? You know, he he's explored it, and look, he's staying home, and and I say staying home for the University of Hawaii because he's built this, where you know this uptick in this 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 uh, tr- trending upward direction for this program to mentor a guy like Noah Alejado, who will be ready to rock and roll come spring will give competitive um, juices to Braden Schenger and it creates even more buzz around the campus, and it creates a sense of, hey, no position is locked, but, hey, let's go out there and compete to make us better.
1: One of my favorite guys to talk football with. I had to have you on the show today, and wish you a Happy New Year, Mark. Thank you so much for joining us today, and wish you all the best in the New Year, my brother.
0: I appreciate it. And, again, you know, just a quick shout-out to Team Oahu Football. You can follow us on Instagram. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can contact us anytime for inquiries, opportunities. Um, you know, we're just trying to get back uh, to the 808 state and see uh, what we can do and take our talents um, to the next level and, you know, play, you know, top-notch competition and expose our athletes to, you know, big things out there.
1: Thank you so much, Mark. Man, yeah, give uh, Oahu uh, uh, Youth Football a, a, a follow and uh, go check them out. Much love, my brother. You have a great day.
0: Have a great day. Thanks,
1: Hunter. Right on. Yeah, that was Mark Veneri. And uh, Let's Talk Sports on ESPN. Honolulu is brought to you by Domino's Pizza Hawaii. We deliver. Aloha. Right after this break, we'll catch you guys after this. A very happy Aloha Tuesday to everyone listening to Let's Talk Sports. Uh, this is not Kanohalehi. Leahy. This is actually Hunter Hughes filling in for him today. Uh, thank you so much for allowing me to share a little bit of time uh, during your lunch break, wherever you find yourself on this beautiful Tuesday afternoon. Uh, Got a few more minutes here to talk sports with y'all, and then uh, I'm actually going to go play some golf this afternoon. Uh, One of my resolutions this year was to play a little bit more golf, and so I am trying to make use of that early this year. You know, just got off the phone with a uh, good friend of the show, uh, uh, an extended part of this ESPN Honolulu, Ohana that we are in, uh, Mark Vineri talking all things football. Um, you know, he brought up something interesting that I kind of wanted to dive into uh, as we uh, we end the show today. He brought up, you know, the the situation with with our our quarterback at University of Hawaii, Braden Shager, deciding to, to ultimately stay home here in Hawaii, and I I I, I want this to just be filled in the airwaves as much as possible so that when people think of him, when they think of the transfer portal, whenever they think of NIL, that they just think about some things from potentially a different perspective. And I, I wanted to bring this up from firsthand experience. Uh, back in 2019, uh, one of my closest friends, uh, a former corner quarterback at University of Hawaii, Cole McDonald, was drafted by the Tennessee Titans. And we we were elated. We were super excited for him. And to this day, is uh, the, the the highest draft pick for a quarterback coming out of University of Hawaii. Jelani Tavai is uh, since the, the, the highest draft pick from University of Hawaii. But, but Cole, I believe, going in the sixth round is one of the highest that we've had in recent years. And I'm bringing this all up just to bring in some some good perspective for all of us as we venture further into this unknown territory that we find ourselves in with college football. You know, Cole got a rookie deal and, and not wanting to dive too deep into the numbers here, you know, out of out of love and respect for him and his family. But, you know, after it was all said and done, you know, when you get to the NFL, you've got all sorts of expenses. And the other thing about the NFL, unlike the, uh, un- unlike baseball, it's not guaranteed money. After you pay uh, trainers, after you pay agents, after you uh, take care of, you know, any sort of loans that maybe you had to take care of, you know, when you were younger or, you know, family expenses, when it's all said and done, you're only looking at maybe a couple hundred grand, give or take, even with uh, a rookie signing bonus that, that, that is worth mentioning. What would you do if you were in these kids situations? Wouldn't you interview for another job while you still have another job in your back pocket? I mean, th- that is standard in the professional world today. Very rarely w- w- would anyone advise you to quit the job that is paying you and then go try to get another job before you're even hired at that other job. I mean, that th- that's just not how the adulting game is done at least that that's what I've been told um I'm, I'm still very new at this adulting thing as as, as you can imagine um but I'm, I'm bringing that up just because let, let, let's let's take it away from Braden Shager for a second let's look at Dylan Gabriel okay he's now in his second team that he has transferred to he uh came out of Mililani High School went over to UCF and then uh did very well over there. Got the chance to transfer over to OU, which to me is one of the best jobs in football. One of the, the best jobs in college football if you get to be the starter for Boomer sooner. Uh, my family lives around that area. And when the news came out that he ultimately decided to transfer out of there looking for yet even greener pastures for the Green O of Oregon, I I, I sat and I looked over at my dad and was like, I don't know if that is necessarily a step up. I don't know if you need to make that step up if you are the starter. So similar to Braden Shager's situation. Now, one contrary thing here is the NIL money. It's it's uh, publicly reported now that it looks like he's going to be making upwards of around... $2 million for this coming football season. And that, that, that of course, is uh, Dylan Gabriel over at uh, uh, f- playing football for the Oregon Ducks. And for, for a local kid born and raised out here in Hawaii, if you, if you were going to tell him that for one year, one year of playing college football, you could buy your family a home here in Hawaii and a good home at that. Man, where is the pen Where can I sign? I would do that in a heartbeat, even if it meant breaking the uh, quote-unquote hearts of the University of Oklahoma faithful. Are you kidding me? Being able to provide for my family, all the time, energy, resources that they sacrificed for me through the years that, that, that I could take care of them right now, regardless if I get hurt, NIL money is... For uh, my understanding, the, the majority of it is guaranteed. I, I, I haven't gotten, uh, we're still so new at this, I, I haven't gotten a look at NIL contracts just yet to see if things are necessarily um, incentivized, but I, I've got to imagine the majority of that is not incentivized because let's not forget we're, we're still talking about student athletes here, we're not talking about employees yet. They they, they cannot be fired from their, their role as student athletes. We're, we're not quite at that point yet. And th- that's another conversation for another day about the potential dangerousness of this world that we're venturing into. But I, I throw all this out there because for our quarterback to ultimately decide that, yeah, I might, I might get uh, bigger exposure. I might get some NIL money if I went to another place. I might actually be closer to my family, which is also a uh, something super important to each, uh, um, each and every college football player's heart. Saying no to all those things to ultimately come back here to Hawaii. I would love for us to leave any sort of frustration, resentment, or otherwise disappointment with number 13. And it should be exchanged for gratitude here in 2024. I'm stoked that he's going to be around for one more season. We get one more year with this run and shoot offense that is continuing to be developed, continuing to be uh, morphed and crafted and polished into what it could be. And I, I said it with Josh uh, last week on off the bench that, that the ceiling is still up there for what this offense and what this team could ultimately accomplish. And I personally believe that it's in its best shape with 13 still at the helm. So just a little bit of perspective as we begin this year, as we we think about uh, what this next year is going to look like for our University of Hawaii football team and uh, something to just keep in mind. Uh In honor of this show, uh, Kanoa usually does a best and a worst, and I can only think of a worst right now. We've got about a minute left on the show, and the the thing that absolutely blew me away yesterday, I don't know if you saw this, but ESPN, big ESPN, uh, did an establishing shot yesterday during the Sugar Bowl showing Bourbon Street in downtown New Orleans. And um, let's just say some mature... Material certainly more mature than what a, uh, a typical college football broadcast is, is normally going to showcase. Uh, spotted a, uh, a young lady revealing herself for some beads on Bourbon Street. And look, these things are going to happen anytime you get uh, raw footage, live footage of people in the crowd in public spaces. But there's a reason why we don't see Raiders games panning out to Fremont Avenue. And I think ESPN should do it better. Thank you so much for having me today. You guys have a good rest of your Tuesday here on ESPN Honolulu.